Hello and welcome back to the Game Pit. This is episode 59. I'm Sean and this is an episode all about our third birthday, Ronan. Woohoo! Happy birthday to us! <laughs> Hello, Ronan here. Welcome indeed to the Game Pit. We have been going for roughly three years now. We thought we'd take this opportunity to celebrate and we were pondering in what way this could be done and Sean came up with a bright idea. Well, half a bright idea, Ronan. Let's, let's, let's give it a go. Sure, come up with a dim idea. I came up with a dim idea of, let's do some top tens, Ronan. Ronan said, well, it's our third birthday, so why don't we do... Three player games. I like go. this finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we're in the same room. We've got all the cues, all the body language. It's quite tense. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do our top ten three player games of all time. And before we move on to that, though, we just want to hand out some thanks. So firstly, thank you to Sean. Thank you, Ronan. And Ronan, thank you. You're too kind. We'd like to say thank you to everyone who's been on as a guest and contributor to the Game Pit. They give up their time and they don't even get the fame and glory we have, Sean. No, no, but Steve did have to put up with us in Mankini's last week. <laughs> the infinite loop. <laughs> thank you to publishers and designers who have been in contact with us and given us support, provided games, and just generally made us feel part of the community. Thank you to everyone at the Dice Tower for their help and support. Thank you for everyone at 2d6.org. And of course, most importantly, thank you to all of you who listen to us. Thank you to the listeners. Clearly, without you, well, we probably would still do this, but it would be slightly less satisfying. And all the crack we have on Twitter and on our Board Game Geek Guild and when we meet you in person, it's brilliant to chat to people and know that they enjoy what we do. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much to everyone. And... As always, we say on, on these episodes, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there for gaming podcasts of the very highest calibre. We are also very proud members of 2d6.org. Please go there for gaming goodness in written, audio and visual format. Okay, so apart from the obvious in that it's our third birthday and we're doing three-player games, one of the other reasons that we wanted to cover three-player games because it's it's quite an awkward number to cater for. And not just because you might have larger groups of friends or smaller groups of friends, but also just the games that actually cater for them. Sometimes it's, it's an awkward number in, in gaming in general. So, Ronan, why do you think three has got that sort of stigma against it? Well, I think there are lots of games that play well with three Sean there's plenty of games that have got two to four player count or three to five and you play it three player and yeah it's fine it's it's good I'm not dismissing those games but to get perfect that's the tricky thing with three players there are different factors it's very hard for example to have direct conflict in a three player game because either two players are going to gang up on one and that one player will be pretty much out of the game before getting near the end of it or two players will directly fight and then one player will then be able to walk away. Yeah, direct conflict doesn't often work well in a three-player game, so that's something you have to avoid. It was my main, one of my main criteria in actually looking at the games that I've chosen. And some of the other things I've looked at, Ronan, are the length of the game. I think three is a, is a funny number for the length of the game in terms of downtime and also just the average length of the game itself. Interaction, Ronan. Is three enough people sometimes to interact over a game to make decisions in some of the cooperative games? Again, it's a difficult number to cater for. 
in terms of interaction i think sean it depends how much information there is in the game if it's a heavy information game or there's a lot going on that's when three players can shine because you can keep track of everything when you get to four or five players it kind of becomes more solitaire then because i'm only going to do what i'm doing i can't possibly track everything that's going on around the table but again if the interaction is light or that's what the whole basis of the game is and something like area control or area majority that interaction there's only three of you unless the game specifically caters for three players in some way changes the map changes the rules then often there's not enough interaction absolutely and going back to your point there Ronan, one of the games that didn't make my list and something that we talked about recently is Keyflower. And that illustrates that point perfectly in that you need to know what everybody's doing in Keyflower. You need to see their tableau. And the, if you have any more than three, I believe, then it's very hard to keep track of everything that's going on. Another one is Imperial Settlers that we've had our issues with. And I think uh, the lower Well, that's just counts. rubbish. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get to the basis of that. But that's all right. You're going to talk about some more rubbish games in your top 10. I so am. we can talk about I them am. there. <laughs> uh, one particular genre that we both love. and. I haven't particularly studied your top 10 as yet, but worker placement, I think, is really hard to get right with three players because there just tends to not be enough competition. And as with some other styles, you can just make your own plan, get on with things, and you lose some of that tension. So it's real the push-pull, the tug-of-war between too much conflict and not enough conflict. Three is tricky. But some of the ideas, I think, that work well, as well as lots of information things like card games where you've got to see what other people are doing or building up or what their special powers are any game with special powers unless you know it very well it's easy to kind of ignore the other players when you get above three what one other sort of thing that there are specific three player games and i realized i haven't played many of them that are designed just for three players there's one grail game that i've always wanted to play but it's just ridiculously expensive at the moment that's god's playground there's also Churchill, which came out last year, 2015. I would love to give that a go about the negotiations at Volta World War Two. Specific three-player games. Clearly, there's not that many of them. It's a small area of the market. And as with those, it tends to be heavier games as well, Sean, suggesting that is it heavier games you think that work best with three? I don't know if it's heavier or lighter games. and but I, I completely agree with you. I've, I've never really taken on a game that was designed specifically for three i think maybe that's something that we should endeavor to do in the future if something's designed for three players then maybe we can pick up tips about what makes a good three-player game that kind of thing so mm. there you go yeah. good point <laughs> i think it's some social issues there as well in that if you only invite three people to a game night and someone blows out suddenly it's not a game night it's a date <laughs> and as much as you're a very pretty man <laughs> How often do you tend to invite only three people to play games? Uh, never. Absolutely never. No. It, it's an area for me that's very alien. And I found actually constructing this list today quite difficult for me because I tend to aim for everything at games that will take two players or specifically for two players. And then should they take more, brilliant. But then it's usually four or five that I'm looking at because then if I do get into a group, that's the, that's the numbers I'm looking at. Yeah, it was. It seemed like a great idea when we came up with top ten three-player <laughs> games. Started trawling through my uh, BGG account, and went, "Oh no!" I probably came up with a short list of sixteen. Where if you went best four-player games, I'd have a short list of fifty or something. Like, it, yeah. it just kind of shows that there are plenty of games, as we said, that are fine. I don't know a game like Stone Age. That's fine three players, but 
is it best three players? Yeah, Stone Age was actually on my list. And my list was almost exactly, I think it was 16 games. <laughs> <laughs> and Stone Age was one of the ones that I ruled out because I couldn't make that case for it to be specifically better as a three-player game. And I, there's some iffy ones on my list as it is. Oh, we're going to worry. We're going to tear those apart. That's fine. <laughs> one thing, though, I will say, if I've got a game night and it ends up being three players, what I do like to do is make sure we play more than one game. Because there has that chance of someone getting excluded or not getting the full range of play in when they're doing things. And it allows you to play multiple games and then you see the rivalries and the alliances shift around the place. And I think if I am playing a three-player game, that's how I like to do it. Roll through two or three or four games and people have then got a chance to, oh yeah, but last time you did such and such to me, you touched my goat inappropriately, therefore this time I'm going to set fire to your uh, shoes. And you, you had that coming. well and so did your shoes (laughs) finally Sean under what criteria specifically do you feel you selected the games for your top 10 three players well I've kind of run through some of them already it's the time length of game and downtime interaction involved in the game the chance of a runaway leader or somebody being excluded from the game how the game deals with the ganging up and the sort of joining forces against the, the one person as it be I think I'm just going to say yes to all of those things. It's pretty much the same list of criteria I had. One thing I was specific about, though, there were some great games that I love that play three players that I excluded because they're not best with three players. So the 10 games I chose, I said I to myself, if they play better with any other player count, they're not going to be on my particular list. So that's where I've gone. I may have had to shoe and horn in a few here I and there. I think if I had been absolutely religious about that rule, which I started off with that rule... <laughs> I actually don't think I could have come up with a list. The top four and a half games. (laughs) Okay, so next you're going to hear us talk about our top ten three-player games. So cracking straight onwards with our top 10s, I'm going to start with my number 10 and it's Mage Knight, Vladish Battles, fantasy epic game, I might go that far. Now the thing with Mage Knight is, it is all things to all men. It works cooperatively, it works competitively, it's a system which you certainly have to learn, it's deep, it rewards multiple plays, there's different levels, different scenarios, it's modular with the map, it is just a huge game you can lose yourself in. So to say what it's best at is going to be something quite personal. But for me, this comes under the category of so much going on that I prefer it with three players so that I can keep some sort of track of what everyone else is doing. Also, because I'm completely rubbish at it, I only ever play at co-op. Mage Knight as a three-player co-op version is really my favourite way of playing that game and it is a great game three player invites you to study what the other players are doing it invites their new ideas into what you're doing it allows you to combo up and have a bit more strategy than sort of the duality of just two players taking on the challenge so my number 10 Mage Knight so Ryan I still haven't taken the Mage Knight plunge because it terrifies me the rule book, the walkthrough guide that you have to do before you even tackle the rule book. It's just completely terrifies me. But one thing I do get from the game is it's quite involved. There's quite a lot going on. Do you think with more than three players, it actually becomes too cumbersome in terms of time frame it takes to play? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the list that you went through, your criteria, it hits many different notches on, I wouldn't play it a four or five player, not in, in any of the ways, because the downtime can become crippling. There are some guys I know down on the board who know the game really, really well, and they can play four or five player and, and crack through it, and it still takes them three or four hours. If you're talking about at my level of expertise, or if you're just learning the game, eight, nine hour games, and I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Yeah, you've got the walkthrough. Once you hit a scenario, that's how long it's going to take. And for me, that's just too long. Also, I find it quite challenging as a game i feel like i'm thinking a lot as i play and therefore a tiring game to play steve has brought it up the last two episodes fancy flight fatigue i think i get major night fatigue because my brain is working so hard that it's a game that has a time limit for me and then it stops being fun okay right i'm going to crowbar one of my very favorite games and i bought it initially as a two-player game <laughs> it's creaking this one already <laughs> So it's Dungeon Command from Wizards of the Coast, and it works fantastically as a two-player skirmish game. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. But when I finally got around to looking at the rulebook, it actually mentions that you can play this as a three- and four-player game, and there's very basic rules. And I've always ignored it, because I just didn't really see how it would work. But once you play, you just see this whole new world opening up. Now, maybe it's because I've played Dungeon Command loads and I just was looking for something new out of the game. But once I've played those, that three-player game, I've only played it the once, but it brings possible alliances, double-crossing, double-dealing, talking to each other, tactical awareness of what everybody's doing on the board. It just brings a lot more to the game. Now, whether that's too much... I don't think so. Obviously, it's in my top 10. But I just really, really enjoyed it with three players. Hmm. This is one that I definitely excluded because I think the two-player game is stronger than the three-player version of Dungeon Command. I think if you play three-player, inevitably, one person's going to get butthurt while you're playing. Now, it happens in the two-player game. We go, oh, that's not fair. I didn't know you had that card. Or it's ridiculous timing. Or because of the nature of the game, the fact that it rewards or it has its own catch-up mechanism in that if you're pushing forward and taking an area the other person's reinforcements are going to be coming in closer to the area of battle on the front line so they there's different things in the game is what i'm trying to say which kind of makes you go a bit oh. when you've got three player that i think only increases that feeling of being well that's not fair and you can kind of feel like you're getting picked on a little bit and there can be a little bit of kingmaker going on i'm not saying i dislike the three player I think this one actually bucks the trend in terms of usually you don't like the ganging up aspect of a, on the game. I think with this one, it's so finely balanced to make sure that you don't have a runaway leader because the way when things die and new things come in and you've got stronger troops coming in, more money to spend and more action points to spend rather than bringing new things in. And I think that, that almost sort of counteracts the ganging up issue that would happen in this game. If you do have somebody who's looking like they're doing it, obviously both teams are going to send troops against them and maybe a brief alliance will form, but then there can be the double crossing side of it. And it's, it reminded me almost like Spartacus in terms of you can form those alliances. Who knows when they'll be broken and if they'll be adhered to at all. I just liked the extra that it gives you. As I said, maybe it's just the case that I've played the two-player game so much that I was just looking for something more. But at the moment, I, this is my favourite way to play Dungeon Command. But I think with the likes of Spartacus, you know the alliances are going to be really temporary and each individual mechanism is quite light. 
Whereas with dungeon commands, you're really investing and you're really planning and you care and you care about certain troops. And if you have got a strong troop out and you're trying to make a clever move and the other two people jump on you and just negate you just through being overwhelmed in numbers, probably it's me. I just get a little bit too stroppy. It is a stressful game. <laughs> We've had many and many a, a, a spat, shall we say. <laughs> I like a spat. Okay, moving on to my number nine. This is Kemet. Now, you would have heard me say not so long ago that three-player is not often great for area control, but this one, I think, bucks this trend, Sean. We're trend-bucking all over. trends all over the place. (laughs) So, the pull, if you like, of the area control issue is pulled by... Firstly, they do what you have to do if you've got variable numbers for an area control game, and that is the map adjusts. So there's two sides to the map, and depending on how many players. So with a three-player game, you've used the five-player side of the map and you completely negate the right-hand side of the river Nile. So that's the first thing. Second thing I find with Kemet is, although the combat itself is quite light, and almost deterministic, and it's not a deep combat game, all the powers that you have, and all the special tiles people have taken, and the creatures, and how their individual armies work is quite difficult if not impossible to keep track of five player because there's tiles floating around the place they've got beautiful graphics on them but the actual explanation iconography is not huge so if it's someone a few feet away on the other side of the table i don't know what their special powers are i have to remember exactly what each creature does and how it affects my creatures when you play with three player it changes the game a bit from that chaotic or having a bit of a laugh i don't really know what your powers are let's just roll along i don't know what battle cards you got left because i haven't paid enough attention that's how i play anyway uh, into tighter i know what each battle is each battle affects me the battle for each temple feels much more personal i can control what i'm doing i can see what you're doing and it leans it towards the sort of i guess more euro style of a game which i would prefer so Ronan was very shocked a few minutes ago when we were going through each other's choices and uh, I mentioned I hadn't actually played Kemet. Shocking. It is shocking because it's a game that I've been absolutely dying to play for a long time. It looks absolutely fantastic. But from what I do understand about the game, yeah, it's an area control game, but it's an area control game that you can jump from place to place and you're not hampered into a corner of the map. As Ronan said, the map adjusts in, in size, so... You, you are sort of forced together. You can't just sit in a corner and build your little empire and not really be interfered with until near the end of the game. So for that those reasons, I can see absolutely it being a good game for three players. But I, whether it's whether it's best for three, I will have to bow to Ronan's knowledge on it. We're going to play this later, I've decided. <laughs> it's time. I can't believe you've never played Kemet. You're going to love it. Okay, so moving swiftly on, my next choice is a game that Ronan absolutely loves. And he's really chuffed that I introduced it to his daughters and they really love it. Yay, he's shaking his head at me right now. So my choice to number nine is Gloom. So why have I chosen Gloom? I think Gloom works best as a story-driven game where you're making up your stories and using your your imagination. Do you have to imagine it's a good game? (laughs) (laughs) He's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like I have been when I play Gloom. <laughs> I think with four or five or six or however many you want to go up to, Gloom actually loses something because you can't remember the other people's stories. I think it's best when you are adding to their stories, when they come up with a story to give themselves a bonus card, when you play a negative card on them to add to their story already. And it's good to keep track of their story. 
2 really doesn't offer enough in the storyline. It's just a back and forth. You're always going to be playing cards on each other. You're giving yourself that little choice of the third player. 4, as I've said, you can't keep track of the story. So for the length of the game, because also Gloom can go quite long as well, and for keeping track of the storylines, 3 is the magic number. 3 players is best with Gloom. I totally agree with you. I'm going to pretend that it's worth discussing for two minutes <laughs> just out of some sort of manners it does keep you involved as well as improving the story aspect and that is very much true that you can have an idea of what's going on with people's stories it improves it immeasurably mechanically now firstly you have to play with the time limit we set a rough 45 minute time limit and mechanically and story-wise even i think that greatly greatly improves the game because it goes long people just stop caring also with a time limit it means you care about what's in your hand you care about what cards you lay down you care about whether you're going to lose a card or not because you have many fewer turns and you can see the time ticking by and you know that you have got to get cards down now and you've got to kill off your characters otherwise they're not going to die by the end of the game when you keep going to someone's got five characters dead and you're putting them back from the dead it just goes interminably and it gets to that point of games where i don't care what's happening now it's like we sort of talked about spartacus earlier the spartacus long game doesn't work because i don't care what's happening mm. because it's so far away from winning and this happens a bit with gloom for me so mechanically i think it works much better with three it means you cannot just play negatively on other players which is playing positive cards which is confusing but you know what i'm saying also when you're playing three-player, you don't see all the cards, so you leave some combos fresh and you're not having the same stories every time. So yes, it's funniest with three players, it works best with three players, but it's still an awful game. There we agreed to differ. So that was my <laughs> number nine choice. Rona, what is your number eight? I should say tolerable with three players. <laughs> now I know you're going to agree with this. I can't, I'm a bit surprised it isn't on your list, actually. It would have been my number ten, but I knew you'd choose it. Oh. <laughs> We could have had crossover. That would have been all right. You knew I'd choose it. It's Star Trek Fleet Captains with one of the expansions, either of them, and that will make it three player. You can play with the Romulans or the Dominion, which means you've got Starfleet, the Klingons, and let's go with the Romulans, shall we? All exploring space, moving around, flipping over cards, and having jolly fun. Yes, indeed. And it is a jolly fun game. That's what this game is all about. It's just about something's going to happen when I flip a card. Let's go with it. So you probably know, if you've listened a long time, that we both like Fleet Captains, although we haven't played it for a while. We haven't, no. I've got it sitting at home. I keep looking at it thinking I really should play that. Correct that issue. (laughs) But what makes three-player particularly good? Well, it makes the spatial aspect of where you're going more important. In the base game, it's just one you start at one and the other one starts at the other end and you're going towards each other. And in fact, depending upon how you've set up your, your setup, which is poor English, but you choose four decks yourself out of ten and create how you're going to play in this particular game. If Starfleet have not gone aggressive, they're just trying to hang back and they're trying to find planets and scan them and that's how they'll win the game. And it's the Klingons attempting to get across the map. When you bring in the third player, everyone's that little bit closer to each other. It is much harder for Starfleet to get kind of safe zones and also there's much more of a push and pull. It's not just Klingons trying to shoot, Starfleet trying to scan. You bring in, obviously, that third aspect. The Romulans are very tricky. They can kind of appear in different areas and cloak, as you'd expect. Klingons can cloak too, but generally they're cloaking to get to attack. Romulans can get a little bit sneakier than that and, and cut off sort of return paths that you can see the other players are trying to take. And it just makes the game spatially much more interesting. It's loads of silly thematic fun. I prefer it three-player. 
I agree, Ronan. I think one of the problems we had was that there was kind of that anti-climax, especially if the Starfleet player decided to just go completely down that science route and go and visit planets. Scan. something done. Scan. Boom something back scan. up again. Scan. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this the Klingon player couldn't really get close to them quick enough yeah. to actually do any damage and to sort of fulfil their goals. So bringing that third player in, even though you do have the extra cards, it just makes the Federation think twice about actually, oh, can I actually get away with doing that? Or can I branch off in two different directions if there's two different factions coming at me? So I think it stops that problem dead in the water. And, that, and for that reason alone, I would actually agree with Ronan. It, it, it plays better with three. Yeah, I had a memorable game where I Starfleet and I went pure science, pure scanning, and I got one point away from victory before everyone else got to me. <laughs> and that was it. Gone. Dead in the water. I had nothing to shoot back with apart from potted plants I've collected. There you go. So me, again, <laughs> like Dungeon Command, it's one of my favourites. It's Letters from Whitechapel. Now, without giving too much away, we recently had a game of Spectre Ops which we were both really excited to play and finally got round to it after Ronan procured a copy for himself. One of the same issues that I've had with, with Letters from Whitechapel popped up its little ugly head was that the game can really drag, especially if you have more players, because you've got to factor in the different ideas, differing opinions on what you should be trying to do, lots of discussions, and also you've got the gamer side of it when... If you do play games like this with gamers, they do try to game it up and eke out and think, double think and treble think every little possible factor of where the person could have gone to hide. With three people, you're condensing that. You've both got a couple of characters that you're moving each. It really condenses the time. The teamwork aspect of the game remains because there's still two people trying to work out and coming up with ideas and having that discussion but it doesn't go too long the two players i think is quite boring because it's just one against the other it's all done in silence there's no there's no discussion i like the discussion in this game but once you get four or five players around the six players even it just drags too long i've had a game of this where the first round took an hour and a half that just ruins the game first ever jack the ripper suicide game <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Let's watch Apple is best with three for the reason Sean said. It was really close to my list. It's one of those standard things of this is number 11 or 12 or somewhere there. The discussion of the two policemen doesn't get bogged down so much. It's that thing with Matthew Dracula and you're the one that everyone says, go on, mate. You head east while we all head west just in case. And then they find him west and you go, brilliant. I'm now two hours away from doing anything else in this game. The three players eliminates that because you've got the two characters. Total agreement with here with Sean. It's a really good game with three. It keeps the game moving. Good choice, Letters from Whitechapel. Okay, my number seven is a bit more obscure, but I have talked about it before and I've tweeted about it, and I think I like to champion this game, although it's very hard to get hold of now. It's one of the Dragon Valleys. It's the one from 2012 by KW Carstens. There are three Dragon Valley games on Board Game Geeks. This is the 2012 one. The game is a tower defense fantasy themed game in which you are both attempting to defend your castle from onrushing hordes of orcs and dragons and battering rams and you are also attempting to get into the dragon valley 
and discover the strongholds of the enemies in there and conquer them using your forces. You can build buildings within your castle which will help you defend and give you special powers. You can also build troops which you can use to actually defend your castle or to go in and attack the Dragon Valley. That tower defence is sort of what happens on the boards. How you're doing all of these is I split, you choose. The start player each turn is getting a hand of special cards, he's getting some enemies, he's getting some troops, he's getting some buildings. With two players, when you do that I split, you choose, it's always a balanced split, right? Because you can't go too much one way or the other because the other player is just going to take the best one. With four, there's a funny mechanism in which you split into two pairs and you do a two-player split. I don't think either of those work very well at all. And I think it's possible people played this game four player or two player when it's no good. Because with three players, all three players choose from the split. And see, I do the split, then it will be Colin to choose first, then Sean, then I'll get whatever's left, as usual with that sort of mechanism. And with three, it's really interesting because it becomes really difficult. And after a couple of rounds, when players have started going after particular strategies or they've got particular defences in place, then the buildings... And the troops and the enemies all have different values to each player. So if I've got a good defence against orcs, let's say, if you put orcs in a pile, it doesn't really put me off. Whereas if Sean is wide open to orcs, he's got no defences for them, that's really going to put him off taking a pile that's got orcs in it. That's the balance you're finding, and it really works well with three. I love tower defence games anyway. I don't think there have been very many of them done well in the tabletop arena, marry those two mechanisms together and I just think Dragon Valley is a great game and really works best with three. So this is a game that I haven't played at all, I don't really know much about. What sort of time frame do you think it plays with three players? You're looking at 90 minutes, 90 minutes maybe an hour and three quarters, something like that. It's not a light game, there's definitely thoughts to it. It's not complicated choices, there's not a lot going on. You can see quite clearly what you're being offered and what they do, and it's got players and whatever. So it's not massively long. Four player, my main problem with it is that I don't care what's happening in the other split. I'm concentrating on what's happening with me and my partner this round. And also, if the other person does a poor split, then they're constantly handing an advantage to that fourth player. It just doesn't balance as well. Fair enough. Okay, I'm going to come up with a little bit of a controversial one. Because so many people have opinions on what is the best player count for this game, and it's Dominion. I think it does play very well with most numbers, if not all its numbers. And it's a very adaptable game, but personally, I prefer it as a three-player game. Two-player game, I think it can be too easy to predict what's coming, and it takes some of that surprise element out, and some fun for me out. My reasons for ruling sort of four and five out are because I find them frustrating. If there's attack cards in play, yeah, you can take the attack cards out, but if you want a random draw, if there's attack cards like Thief or Witch, I think it just becomes... Take Thief out anyway. <laughs> Thief's the worst card. <laughs> Any of the attack cards. It's very frustrating, annoying, and once one person goes, then everybody goes for the Witch, and then... All of a sudden you've got a witch, 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 thief, thief, thief. Thug, Take thug, thief thug. out anyway. Okay, I understand. It's the worst card. <laughs> Is it the worst card? <laughs> For that reason, I ruled out four and five as being the optimum number. With three, but the kind of sort of happy medium. You kind of know what everyone's got. It flows by nice and quickly, but you've still got that surprise factor coming in as well. Someone surprises you. I don't remember you getting that. And it's a very fine line but i think i've just dropped on the side of three being the optimum number for dominion dominion is an excellent game 
It's one of my favourite games. We know this. It was on my list. And if I had selected it as being best three player, it would have been right near the top of my list. But I was exactly on the same fine line as you. And I couldn't quite choose between three and four players. Where you don't like the attack with the four players, I find that some of the attack cards are more interesting with four players. Also means it's more valid to get defence cards. Some of the other ones, like in Seaside, where the pirate ship and things like that, if you've got more opponents, they just they, it kind of changes the way they work a little bit. It also means there's more competition for cards, so you're less likely to be able to spam one card and get all of them, the kingdom cards, in one thing. I, I can argue both ways. It just wasn't enough for me to say Dominion is definitely best with three, and because I kind of made that my criteria, it didn't sneak in. But I think it boils down to... The, our favourite expansions and uh, that kind of tells us what type of player. Well, this we is are. where I'm right and you're wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that you will go for something, I think, Intrigue is your favourite expansion? I said, I'm most Or Seaside? Yeah. Okay, Intrigue, Seaside, when the, when the, you're changing it up, they're a bit attacky, they're a bit, a bit naughty. Yeah. And my favourite is Prosperity because it's just a, it's a pure economy. Because it comes from the early learning centre. <laughs> yes, yes, dear. It dumbs it down. <laughs> I think you'll find it is the most popular expansion. Yeah, for dumb people. <laughs> That's it, insult most of our audience. So yeah, Prosperity, Just I like the economy side of it, and it, it gets out of the way quickly. You just boom, boom, boom. You're building up really quickly. That's why I sat on the three side of the fence, and I can understand why you sit on the four side of the fence. Okay, you guys sit over there with all your simple friends. <laughs> Ronan Rice, the charmer. <laughs> Speaking of games in which to make friends, my number six is also a very tight call. I was zooming an R in and I really had to think back over some plays, but I've gone for base game Small World, not Necromancer's Island. We all know that's a different story altogether. <laughs> but base game Small World is my number six three-player game. Another game which bucks that trench on <laughs> of area control. The reason it works here is because your base of power on the map is temporary it's ephemeral it's i go in there with one of my races okay i'm getting beaten off a bit i'm gonna have to turn over and choose a new race and i can come in at any other area of the map if both players do a pincer movement on me it's not the end of the world i can come back on somewhere else and, and play in a different way and be slightly clever about it i think that every move matters in a three-player game on occasion with more players Two people can be fighting in one part of the map and you can be like, well, that's fine. You get on with that. I'm going to try and come over here and take all these areas that no one's really worried about. The, the map itself, obviously, it's different for each number of players, which I think is brilliant. It's very clever. Similar to what they did with Kemet. You were talking about earlier that you're not fixed on alliances and what's good for you on turn four is not going to be good for you in turn five. And it's perfectly possible to just turn around and, and do the opposite. I really enjoy Small World. I love the variety and it works surprisingly well with lower player counts. Even two, it's it's a good game. But I think three is my favourite player count for Small World. Uh, I'm kind of, I don't know, three or four. I think it works are we having as, deja vu again? We are. <laughs> I think it works as well with four. I, I don't disagree that it works very well as three. I think it works as well as four, though, with the, the changeable map and the ability to bring in your new power anywhere on that map. As in Kemet, you're not stuck to that one corner of the map. I honestly couldn't pick between three and four. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm not saying you're right either. Anna. It's a very good game for multiple numbers. 
Yeah, it is. I just had so many good three-player games of it that I thought, no, it deserves a place on the list, you know. Eh, you know, it's not set in stone. Maybe it won't be on the list next week. <laughs> My number six game is a game that we've talked about <gasps> very recently. I know, Ronan, I know. We've been through it, <laughs> so let's make this very quick. Fury of Dracula. It's too long with four and five players and there's not enough to do, as we discussed in our episode, for each individual player. With two players, it's too hard to keep track of all the equipment that you have with all the players because one person will take on four investigators. And I think that's why three is the absolute spot-on blend of action to time balance. I like Fury Dracula. That's a misuse of the word action right there. (laughs) A misuse. That suggests some excitement. Oh, you didn't hate. You just thought it was a bit too long. Some player agency. (laughs) It's not an awful game. It is too long. There are too many turns in which you do nothing. I get Sean says with three players, you mitigate that because you control two hunters. Okay, that's fine. It's too much effort for one card to flip everything. Three players is best, but it is not good enough to be on any top ten of anything apart from campist board game box covers. <laughs> well, you're right about that, but you're wrong about your... <laughs> it's a very good game. Well, but, you know, people listen to the episode and a couple have spoken to me. And they said, you know, Sean was agreeing with you and Steve about all the poor points of Fury of Dracula, that you have actions where you don't do anything, that the cards flip things around, it does run too long. And then he said he loved it. So this is your chance to respond to the listeners. Why? Because I think it for Dracula is, is incredibly interesting. As we've talked about, I love Spectre Ops, Whitechapel, Scotland Yard, all of those types of games. This one I find possibly even more interesting because you've got the fight aspect going on. There are times when you're not doing 100%. That's why I think with three players, and that's the player count that I would love to play, that you've always got something to do. You're always thinking about it. You've still got that negotiation and discussion aspect going on. I just think it's a really fun game. I think the way Dracula moves around the board and the flipping of the cards for Dracula, setting up his lairs and things is very interesting. You never know if you're going to run into a trap. I agree it runs a little bit long. I agree that, yes... There's times when you're not doing a lot, but you're always thinking about your next step. That's the bit I enjoy, and I get really heavily involved in the theme of it. I'm going to ask you another question now, because stick on Fury Dragon. (laughs) We haven't talked about it enough. Jamie from The Secret Cabal was talking about it, and he said that when he plays Dracula, he doesn't try and run away. Not all the time. There are times in which, especially if he's got a vampire or two on his trail, which he's attempting to develop, which is going to score you points to help you win the game, he might actually go towards a hunter and attack them because he's not likely to die, certainly early on, to one hunter and get the points maybe for attacking them. And then it distracts all the rest of them because they think they found his trail. So they don't try and find the rest of his trail and then it gives him a chance for his vampires to develop. And he was saying it's more of an action game than some of the other games. And maybe do we play it too much like a Euro where... You're just trying to stay completely hidden. Or is that possibly, combat yeah. aspect in there? That's because... a valid strategy, absolutely. We did it in Spectre Ops as well when we played. We played our first game. And... Yeah. Maybe that's the case of that Letters from Whitechapel has actually spoiled us a little bit in that we played Letters from Whitechapel first as our first yeah. sort of exposure to a game like that. And that is a complete like stay hidden. Yeah, I think so. Move in the shadows. 
and maybe we try and play everything like that. And I think that's an absolutely viable strategy, and it shows there's, there's different ways to play the game. And the main point to take away from this is that Jamie from Secret Cabal has cost me four hours of my life because now <laughs> I have to play through your Dracula again <laughs> to see if it's more fun playing it that way. Only four. I'm going to play half the game. <laughs> you chose it on your top ten. <laughs> I love it. It's a great game. So we're forging onwards into our top five, Sean. Woohoo! Oh yeah. My number five is another game we talked about a lot. When we get to these favourite games, it's going to be games we talked about because they're the ones we played. And this is Xeno Shift. It's the sci-fi themed deck builder. Again, another sort of a tower defence game, I'd say, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. Making a liar on myself saying it hasn't been done well and I've chosen <laughs> two here. Xeno Shift is a flawed game but one that I like despite its flaws, and that's going to come up again a bit later as well. The downtime is the main problem in Xeno Shift. Each player sets their own defences in place and they have to go through their aliens, and you have to do it one at a time because you can play on each other's turns and put in reinforcements, and each player is going to have a particular strength, so weapons might be cheaper, or troops might be cheaper, or medical supplies might be more cheaper, depending upon which area of the base you're, you're supposed to be coming from. So therefore, I might be buying more weapons. Sean might need some weapons, so on his turn I can give them to him and help him build up his defences. And that cooperative aspect is very important. Again, it's kind of that seesaw of downtime versus having enough players to cooperate with each other to be able to face the challenges and really get some of the main fun out of the game because it is almost a shared hand that you have between you. And that's why I feel Xenoshift works best with three. It's challenging enough that really you need to share those resources. If you have only a couple of players, it comes even more challenging because you've got less tactical flexibility. If you have more than three players, it gets really, really slow. So that's the sweet spot for me. I agree, Ronan, absolutely. Spot on. I've played this four players before when my very first couple of games were with four players and it really does eke out. Yeah, it takes a long time. When you are playing with new players especially who are not quite up to speed with the, the way everything works, waiting for your turn can just be a, a war of attrition as you're watching people. And you've got to watch them, as Rona says. You have to keep an eye on what they're doing because you might be able to help them, but you're not always going to be able to help them. Yep, good base is, base is quite fragile two-player as well because the base gets 15 points per player. Mm. but you know, a couple of bad draws a rampant boss when you've only got 30 hit points it can get really really difficult I, I, I almost say it's impossible <laughs> yeah I've removed bombers from the game by the way I, I mentioned that before but you have mentioned it you know, before oh, the most annoying card only your rock and roll moments oh, yeah Arr, they're gone <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm living on the edge over here <laughs> like a donkey on the edge I oh. might have non-coke zero later <laughs> yeah check me out Okay, my number five choice, another game we've talked about loads and loads and loads, is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. This game is all about discussions, trying to work out who the murderer is, the various clues, you're going through all sorts, papers and maps and all things happen. And for that healthy discussion, I think you certainly don't want to have more than three, because then all of a sudden... It becomes almost like a, a chorus of people with different ideas. And I think three is just right. I think two is a nice number for this game, actually, as well. But I think three, you just bring in that extra opinion and someone to 
to bounce ideas off. As I said, four and five gets a bit shouty. You almost have the need for voting it because if you've got four and five people all with different ideas, you've got to narrow it down somehow. Passing the book around, having different reading styles, it, I think it can throw you out. Immersion into the theme is important in this game. I think it hampers that. So again, another simple one, but it, it certainly it has an effect. Waiting on multiple players to write multiple notes at different speeds. Myself and Ronan played this game when we were in Ireland recently, just the two of us, and just the two of us were scribbling away. And if you get somebody who's slower scribbling and somebody who's quicker than that person... Those crayons were faulty. They were, I know, bless you. Picking on me. Bless you. (laughs) Enough difficulties. I think two or three players are the numbers for this game, and I'm just going to drop on the side of three players, Ronan. I think it's just right. Is three better than two or one? It's better than four. It's a lot better it's than way, five. way better than one. Way better than, better than one. eight. I don't, I don't like playing this game on my own. I like to have someone to bounce ideas off. Eh, I'm a bit more miserable and grumpy than you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, when playing with multiple players, I feel like I have to be polite, which is a problem in itself. It is a problem for you. I will grant you <laughs> yeah. that. And then I have to follow everyone's hunches. So everyone who thought that the fact that the bank manager's shoelace was untied and now they want to look into it and we find out about his cousin's failed marriage and it's like, oh. And the more people you have, the more hunches you have to follow, right? And I just get a bit impatient. I'm like, don't care. That's not the right way of doing it. Move on. (laughs) You also, exactly as you said, you have to pay at the play at the pace of the slowest player and as well as taking notes it's stuff like oh can you just read that again or some people just having a passage read out it's not going to necessarily go in their head and they have the need to read it no that's fine in fact i am that way myself sometimes certainly and when we play i sometimes have to take you know we divide newspapers i have to take the newspaper from you because i'm like i just need to read it to see it but the newspapers as you go on through the uh, the cases you've got more and more back reading to do on the newspapers so you, you by the end you're going to have 10 papers to read so i think with three players you can share the load one player that i would have to trust your competence you have to trust my competence i don't yes. <laughs> yours or anyone else's i'm that sort of an honorary person there's no no i, I reckon you probably missed something i know well, there's a problem. more trusting soul <laughs> Then I think sharing the load with all the reading material that that you have to go through is is a better than just me sitting on my own doing it because I will make a mistake and I can't blame anyone. Don't worry. I worry you miss something. I need someone to blame. And then I'm going to be angry later on. (laughs) So just to prevent my anger later, I have to double check now. (laughs) It's a problem I've got. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Everyone will tell you that. I can't let go of things. I think the discussions can become drawn out. And you do have to have them. And that is the bonus having more players that you don't have the discussion and the chat and different ideas that you don't have. But it can almost get interminable. It can almost be like, oh, we could go here, we could go there, we could go here, and you end up going round and round in circles. Like you say, possibly voting. The way we do it is just whoever's turn it is, they decide where we go next. Yeah, whether everyone else agrees or not. I am sounding miserable about Sherlock Holmes. I prefer it with two players. I prefer just have that one person to bounce off. Although it can take too long for me. Solo, I like playing it solo. Three is... is good but for me because i'm a grumpy son of a something <laughs> not not best it's not best car i didn't come off well in that discussion no, no, i don't no. go off in most, well in most discussions no, do i no. okay look how fun i am sean look at my number four choice <laughs> loop and chewy this one's got me loop um... and chewy yeah yeah 
raised yeah. eyebrow type. Really. Explain to yourself. Well, as Sean's aware, I have got two daughters. And quite often, it is myself and my two daughters. Maybe once a week, we'll sit down and we'll all choose a game. And quite often, my youngest daughter will choose Lupin Louie, or even my oldest daughter, even me. We will choose between us Lupin Louie. And it's got four arms. And whoever is to the right of the empty arm is going to win more often because no one's directly attacking them because we're all pretty good at it now. We can do a little dink, dink, knock off a chicken, dink. So it just wasn't as satisfying. And then they brought out Lupin Chewy. And it's made for three players. Do you know how much fun we have? Do you know how spinny that Millennium Falcon is? Spins like nothing else so ever. You're, you're basing it basically purely on your virility. <laughs> or opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, opportunity knocked for Lupin Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much fun with this game. I know it's almost become a cliche that Lupin Louie is a great game. Uh, they brought out a three-player version, and it was perfect for my little family unit. So there you go, number four, Lupin Chewy. I agree, I don't agree, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just do as you're told, it's awesome. It plays three, it only plays three, really. You can't yeah. Only play with two. But then Lupin Louie only plays with four. Yeah, but if you have four people, four Lupin Louie, yeah. is it not a better game, or is it any... Yeah, but than... I don't have four. I've got three. <laughs> That's a different top ten list. <laughs> this is for this. And I have to weigh up and say, how much fun do I have with these games? Or how much do I enjoy them? I love playing Lupin Chewy. Do you know the happiness that was created in my house when we pulled that out and went, it's for three players. It was jumping up and down. You've played Lupin Louie with my daughters. They're nutters. They take this stuff seriously. Above the fact that you've got the Millennium Falcon spinning around. <laughs> it is really spinny as well. You've got to play the Lupin Chewy one. It's awesome. I've got the Lupin Chewy one. Have you played it? Have you noticed how spinny it is? My son doesn't quite like it because he's rubbish at it and he can't be taking that. No, and he is bigger than you at the age of three. Anyway, we've got somewhat bogged down. It's great. Shut up, move on. Okay, well done. Nice one. My number four choice is Vikings. Why four players with Vikings? It's not four players, mate. It's three players. It's a top ten three-player game. Yeah, that's good. Right. Why best with three players? Well, I think with four players, turn order can actually really hurt. When limited, desirable tiles are on offer. If you're on the fourth, you're really going to get smashed in terms of nine times out of ten people are going to pick up those really desirable tiles before you. And there's nothing you can do about it. You're fourth in turn order. It's one of those games that you need to keep a general eye on what others are doing. So you can maybe steal the last fisherman to stop someone scoring points on that or... Be a little bit mean to someone. It's not the be-all and end of the game because you've still got your own tableau. You're trying to build up your islands and your Vikings. But it's something to keep an eye on. I think four are just a bit much. Three's nice. You know exactly what everyone's got. Three players hits the auction mechanic just right, I think. I think you've got enough tiles for everyone to make it interesting but not prohibitive. So, for me, three players is the right mark for Vikings. Ronan's mm. got his... Uh, I'm not so sure face on it. Pensive. <laughs> That's why I'm going to put that face down. That's, as opposed to trap wind. <laughs> it's a good choice. Vikings is a good game. I can definitely see the argument for three being best as the fact that you get even starts to start playing the six rounds in the game. 
The, the draw is slightly screwy. I've got it down here, especially yeah, on both aspects, both tiles and meeples. And it was really, really close to my list. I think maybe it's just not quite good enough for me to beat any of these out. And, and that's the only real reason. It's probably the best player count for Vikings. I had, I've played it quite a lot recently. I'm getting a little bit annoyed with the luck of the draw. Just a little bit, sometimes. I think, yeah, I think with three players... That he's the best. I, I love the game, but I think three players are the best. I think two players, which I didn't mention, I think it's too easy. You don't you, you don't get that combat really yeah. in terms of the We both get a blue, we both, we both get, get a yellow, yellow. We yeah. Both, yeah. We're both gonna end up with ships. But three player if four ships come out, which can happen relatively often, last mm. player's gonna get two of those ships, right? Yeah. And then with the with the warriors so few and far between, you can miss out on them and I'm moaning too much. <laughs> really great choice. It was close to my top 10. It just wasn't as good as the games I chose, but yeah, valid choice for once. For once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting rid of my miserable uh, label here, aren't I? <laughs> my number three. Number three, Sean. Are you excited? Dun, yeah. dun, dun. Core Worlds. Nice. The sci-fi deck building game, which has come out from... Stronghold Games, amongst others, and Andrew Parks. It's a tough call for best player count with Core Worlds because with more players, there's more strategies, more options, you get lots of cards coming around the place. But as with other games here, and something we talked about right back at the beginning, we're discussing what works best as three-player, game length has to come into it, and Core Worlds can run long. And a five-player game can go over three hours, possibly up to four hours. And... There's not a lot of people want to play a deck builder for that long. Now, I think there's enough game in here. But even for me, five players can stretch out unless you all know it very well. So that's what makes three players the best count for Core Worlds. I feel like it's only got better with the expansions. Certainly the first one is a must-have because it smooths out a few of the rough edges. The ability to get gazumped on Core Worlds, for example, has been removed. The ability to save up the tokens, score points, or to take special effects. And it kind of makes you feel a bit more powerful. The base game it does feel pretty tight in what you're doing. I love the tension of the simple resource management. You've got resources in terms of actions, and in terms of how much energy you produce, and, and it's a real, oh, how many times are you one short or two short? I really love the game. With three players, you can also follow real strategies in that it's possible for one person to concentrate on robots or another person to concentrate on vehicles or star cruisers, whatever it may be, because with five players or four players, players can take cards of a certain type almost by default. Oh, there's nothing else good to take. I'll just take this vehicle. Whereas you can kind of hone your deck slightly more with three. And another thing we went back to is there's quite a lot of information in the game. And with just three players, again, you can follow what's going on. It's not, yeah, you take your turn. I don't really care what you're doing. I'm more concentrating on myself. This is much more what are the three of us doing? What are you likely to be going for in the core worlds? Should I go for heavy fleet if you're going heavy fleet? It just works and I love it, core worlds. It's a great choice, and it's a game that I really enjoy. I wouldn't have it in my top 10, simply because I just never, ever get this game to the table, Ronan. I played it before, but I almost every time I pick it up, unless I'm playing it all the time, I feel like I have to almost relearn it again every time. So if I leave it three months, I'm relearning it again. I'm not sure that's quite what I'm looking for in a deck builder. To the point where I've traded it. I had it. I got it in a heathen. trade. I know, heathen. But I know you've got a copy, so... I traded User. it because it just wasn't getting... <laughs> using heathen. 
I just wasn't getting this game to the to the table, Ronan. And as for player count, I can yeah, I can see what you're getting at. It is there's a lot to this game, a lot to take in. I think the higher player counts with that extended time, absolutely. How well does it play as a two player game? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's, it is a good game two player. I just think that I guess kind of like Vikings, as we just mentioned, it it becomes too simple or too. I take this, you take that. I take this, you take that. The great thing about three players is you remove the duality. It's easy for one person to go, I'll take all the ground forces, right, I'll take all the fleet, and then we're never really combating, and a lot of the tension's gone. The, the tension is why I probably like it at higher play counts as well, but two doesn't work as well. The funny thing about Core Worlds is I agree with you that I kind of feel like, if I haven't played it for a few months, I haven't got a great grasp on the rules, and I need to pull the rule books out again. And then I read the rules and go, it's really simple. There are just two different resources in it, and it's just buy a card... And then you're doing fleet or ground to conquer planets. It's, there's not a lot going on. It just, I think, because there's so many options within the game, it almost yeah. feels more rules heavy than it is. Fair I don't disagree with your point. I just, I think it's a weird one that we both have it in a game that's not that rules heavy. I think if you're pulling out a deck builder and you're telling people it's going to take three hours, you want to make sure you know the game and mm. that you're not kind of fiddle fighting with rules and stuff like that. Yeah, quite possibly. Okay, on to my number three, and it's Terra Mystica. For a start, the game is designed for three to five. There is a two-player rule in there. It, it works with two. It's okay. It's still a good game. It's enjoyable, but it's too open. There's no real need to mess with each other, so you can go about your business and do your own thing. You don't hem each other in. It, I think you're missing a bit of the bit of the game with that. With three players, I think you get... a balance with tactical choices you get some interaction it's not too nasty when i've played this game as four player it just gets too messy and congested for me there's too much going on there's too much overlapping and you're almost forced together i know you start at different places in the map but i think you're forced together with four players with three players you've got the choice to try and stay away and then the other players have to make that decision are we going to go and mess with them if you do happen across each other then you try and work out your best way. There's there's usually a way out of it as well. It's something that maybe with four players that doesn't happen. And yeah, I, I like it with three players, Ron. Neither of us are massively experienced with Terra Mystica. I've only played it once, a bad game of it, so I'm not in any sort of shoes to chat about it. But from watching it, seeing it, reading about it, chatting to people about it, and my one experience with it, I also I think three players is best when you're relatively new to the game because you have got a bit more space and you can kind of develop and you can learn the races and hone your own tactics. And I think when I talk to the guys who've played it dozens and dozens of times, they prefer more players because then it becomes more competitive and that ability for people to get in each other's faces and mess with each other then brings the interest to the game because if they're left alone in a three-player game, they're going to play the same way each time because there's an optimal strategy. I'm not disagreeing in any way but possibly if we were to play it several, several times, then the more players would shine. Quite possibly, Ron. And I think the way I tend to like to play, as I kind of illustrate there, I like the option of getting in amongst other people and maybe doing a few things, but I don't like to be forced to do it. If my hand is forced, I, don't, I think you're actually taking away a decision from me. So yeah, but You like that in almost all games? Yes. So, yeah, it could be yeah, a very yeah, so personal that's why choice. I will, maybe you're right. Maybe Whereas, with like, so Lupin Chewy is just strictly awesome. <laughs> For this, this is a personal choice. 
Not, no, that wasn't personal to your family at all. No. <laughs> no. Okay, Ronan, top two time. <laughs> top two. This is another personal choice. I feel like you might abuse me about. I have gone for legendary the card game system, specifically Marvel Legendary. Now, legendary is flawed. Let's get that out there. But the good news for this list is because it's flawed, it only works with three players. When you go to four or five players, it gets too difficult and your decks don't build quickly enough. When you go to two players, it's too easy. So three players, if there is a challenge there. It's kind of semi-co-op. It depends upon what cards you have in the system. And certainly with Marvel, there are so many cards available now. I have caught up. I've got both Secret Wars volumes. I'm very excited about that. With four or five players, some of the attacking cards become useless. Some are sort of like the rampages or making other people take wounds because it makes the game too hard and you're all going to fail. With three, it's at that perfect balance of, do you know what, I can be a bit nasty here. I can't go over the top because we're all going to lose. But I can play to win as opposed to just playing to beat the system. Again, depending upon the setup. And that's another great thing about it is the number of cards is huge. So the variety in setup is huge. It means the variety in challenge is huge. That was a problem. But the what has put Legendary Marvel from being a sometimes great game to a more often than not great game for me now is there's a smart app available, which when you use it, it will give you a setup which is smart, which means the cards work together and you're not going to get, for example, a mastermind that will kill you if you've got no Marvel Knights cards in your hand and then no Marvel Knights in your setup. Now, that might seem obvious that we're not going to choose a mastermind like that. Okay, but certain villain groups will attack you in certain ways. And if you don't have the heroes that meld together to combat the villains that are coming out, the scheme you're playing against, and the mastermind, it can make it impossible. And before I started using the smart app, I could play a game and go, oh, well, I couldn't possibly win with these heroes. I need to take one or two heroes out, put one or two heroes back in, and then try and attempt it with a different setup. And that's difficult to do if you're trying to play it with other people. You're saying... Here's a game of Legendary, it might go horribly wrong. We might spend 90 minutes here with no chance of winning, in which case we're going to have to reset it, choose some other heroes and go again. And even if you were able to sell that, which is a hard sell, then you'd have to know all the heroes you have to know how they work. So go, right, let's let's take these two out and add these two in, which I know will work well here. You must need dozens and dozens and even hundreds of games to get to that point of knowing all the heroes and how they work. The smart app removes that. It removes the risk of having a dud setup. And every game I've played using a smart setup has been a lot of fun. Different challenges still, different cards coming up all the time. But I know I'm not going to play a dud. And it has actually sold the game to other players who'd almost given up on it. And I say, look, let's give it one more go. Try it with this and you'll see it's a different game. And it's worked. So there we go. My number two is Legendary Marvel. Another personal choice, however, because I love the theme. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I actually really like Legendary Marvel, and you're absolutely right. The smart app just makes it so much easier. Now we just need something that's going to shuffle the cards into the right decks for us, and then we're right. I call them the other players. <laughs> well, I, I, I bury my head in those first into the box, and I find all the decks because I've got them sort of set up the way I need them. I mean, why haven't they given us more dividers, by the way? Well, we're talking about Marvel. They never gave us more dividers with the expansions. It's bloody hell. It's really irritating. So they're all kept in baggies. Ugh, anyway, so I dive in and I go, shovel that in there, shovel that in there. You do that, you do that, shovel that in there. And within 
10 minutes maybe we're set up it is still a long setup I agree with you <laughs> I don't know if it's a game that will be in my top 10 well it isn't because it's not in my top 10 so you do know <laughs> I do know that's a complete <laughs> lie but yeah it's it's a good game I think you're right I think 3 is just about spot on I think 2 player as we found out it can be very sort of zero sum not just your zero sum but you don't even have to use much of a deck you're still drinking out on that Hulk strategy, aren't you? I'm still drinking out on that Hulk yeah, strategy. Like eight Hulk cards in your deck. Boom, boom, <laughs> Six boom. cards, boom. There you go, six cards, boom. They all work together. I hate you. That's all I need. I hate you. Yes, I know. But I don't think it's a good enough game to be in my top ten. But yes, it's a perfectly valid choice. And you're right, it does play best with three. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and your number two? My number two? It's a funny one, because it's not... A game that leapt out at me, but when I thought, the more I thought about it, the more I actually thought, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Absolutely. It's Tigris and Euphrates. I'm not the most experienced player at this. I've only got half a dozen plays under my belt of this. Noob. Noob. I know, I know. <laughs> but so three players. Why? I think two players is too predictable. The nastiness is obvious. You have to attack each other. You have to get into that other player's grill, so to speak. Four, I think, is too busy. The nastiness is, is too random. Poor luck can affect you more with four players. I think with three, it gives you the right levels of manageable nastiness and tactical play. You're going to have the choice to try and avoid conflict, but it's there if you want it. You're going to get more space to build monuments which are a big part of the game and they're like a focus for the other players to attack you or trying to get a piece of the action. I just think three players just sits nicely for this. I see it played a lot with four players, but I just found four players a bit too random. Tyrus New Fates is an incredible game. It is an incredible game. I adore it. I, I concur. It is best with four players, and I will brook no arguments. <laughs> you will get a punch in the face, sir. <laughs> if we have to record a fight, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not having it. It's best with four. I don't like it with four. It's only to be played with four. I disagree. You're a wrong one. No, no. Three's too open. Four forces the conflict. It makes you have no, to go you, in. Or you've still got the conflict with three. With three, the conflict is, is there. You've got bicky conflict. You've got little eh, conflict. It's more It's more determined. It's more like, I'm definitely going to go and do this and not happen. Oh, hang on. Someone happens to have built across near me, so I'll attack them. It's not happened. You've got to plan these things. Yeah. You've got to go through your hand and, and collect a certain set of colour ready to pounce at the right time or to defend yourself, defend the monuments. I love the fact that it is a knife fight in a phone booth, as we always say. You can defend attack from one other player knowing you leave your back exposed to be attacked by another player. It opens up the double attack strategy. It's, it's a great game, but it's only improved with four players. You're, just, you're a wrong one. No, no, I'm not having it. We can go outside and fight, or we can fight on. <laughs> on here is fine. No Let's do it. It's going to be awkward in this mankini. I can't really get an elbow at you, but and then my elbow is somewhere, but it's not where it should be. I can certainly see where you're coming from, Roland. It's your thing if you don't want to fight people again. But no, no, it's not that I don't want to fight. I want to have the option to fight. I don't. Are you playing the wrong game? No, but I like taking some phases of three. I like it as four. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy myself playing it with four players. But I like the option. It's not as messy. I don't think it's as luck-driven. And You've chosen Terra Mystica at three. Tyrus Freight is at two. Both of them in the 
least conflict heavy but still good options yeah you just want to hug don't you that's what it's all about not from you you like to teach the world to see you in that mankini in perfect harmony <laughs> no choice but hugging me I'm not I going don't know to... where you begin and end I'm not going to face to face I told you that okay my number one three player game is Theseus from Portal Games this is a sci-fi Mancala-ish game with lots of special powers in which each player will be a different faction and they're moving around the space station attempting to control it either attempting to damage the other players' characters, in which case that's called points, or for certain factions attempting to collect data. And the more data they get, the more feature points they get. This is designed to be played either two or three players. There are no other rules. Two player is much more like traditional Mancala in that you can play exactly what you're doing. Your move affects the next player and their move affects you. And it becomes much more like the Duke or one of the... Ginch or Yip for one of those, kind of an abstract game. With three players, I find that there's more aggression, it's more chaotic, and it's much more thematic and fun. In that, what I do is not necessarily directly going to affect you. It's still a thinky game, it still rewards good play, but making a mistake is not game over, it's allowing a chance for another player to step in. But then, if another player makes a mistake, it can be you that gets to step in and it's not quite as zero sum as we said a few times which is where three player games shine i like that it's rarely actual direct attacking or it doesn't feel like it's direct attacking it's just manipulating the board and then when you shoot you shoot at everything that's in the space not a particular one of the other two players and when you lay a trap anyone who walks into that trap is going to get caught not a particular player so it takes out some of that kind of direct moodiness that can come from playing a three-player game it's really funny when you mistakenly set someone up it's a fun mean tense varied game and i absolutely adore theseus ronan you've got to shake your head again i have never played this despite you being a huge exponent of it despite you often shaking your head when i've said that i just don't really fancy it because it doesn't seem very theme based Seems a bit abstract. It's not. Yeah, you keep telling me that. I yeah. do want to play it. it. You've let yourself down. There's been enough people that you've have let me it. down. <laughs> you've let the public down. You've let gaming down. I have. I want to play it. I want to give it a go. I couldn't tell you if it was best uh, three, four, five, or fifteen, but well, it only plays two or three players. So you can. <laughs> <laughs> you keep lying to me in this segment. I know. I, know. <laughs> I want to play it. Let's let's play it. And I shall tell you if you're wrong or not. Maybe you can update the listeners in another episode. Oh, maybe I can. You can tell them how awesome it is. Well, no, even if I do think it's awesome, I wouldn't admit to it. You're not a servant to gaming. (laughs) (laughs) By me. Selfless. (laughs) Okay, my number one. I am pretty sure Ronan's going to agree with the choice, but whether it's best as three, I have no idea his thoughts on it. Oh, tense. Seven Wonders, one of Ronan's favourite games. One of the things that really puts me off Seven Wonders, I love it, I think it's a fantastic game, it's my number one in this list. But one of the things is that I don't feel like, and Ronan's taken me to task on this before, but I'm sticking to my guns, I don't really feel like I'm affecting what somebody over the other side of the table's doing in a six-player game or a seven-player game. don't feel like they what they're doing matters to me really, I can't affect them. They can't affect me. 
with three players, everybody affects everyone. You're passing or you're taking a card from everybody on the table. And you know exactly what they've got, what they're going for. You don't have to scan around the table, see if someone's close to winning or close to getting maximum bonus points. That's as simple as that. Why well, I think that Seven Wonders is a better game with three players. I don't, I'm not talking about Seven Wonders teams or anything like that. Sorry, I'll take some of your, your thunder there, Adam. Just don't make a hand gesture at you. It doesn't mean I have anything else to say. <laughs> Seven Wonders, I think this is an interesting choice, Sean. I had a bit of an awe to myself when I saw this one. The three-player game is really, really tight because there's only one copy of each resource card. So you take it when you get it or it's gone forever, pretty much. It's easy to track information, I agree with that. And one of the things that I've always said is people get put off by Seven Wonders because they only ever play at six or seven player and it feels too chaotic and you don't really care what's going on with other people. And it becomes solitaire and I totally agree with that. I am 100% in agreement. Again, I was chatting about it on Twitter the other day that don't play at seven player all the time. Definitely not until you know the game well. Play it with three, four or five. It is much more fun than six or seven players, three player. I like the fact that you get to see your cards again, for sure, with three players. So you have an idea what's going around and where each card is. And if you're really smart, which I don't do, you can literally know what hand of cards is coming to you once you get to the second half. Because you knew it was in the hand, you've played one, the other two have played one, so you know what's coming up. And this has been burying and wonders, but you get, you've got a good idea, put it that way. Some of the issues I have with three player is that if one person starts going sides, everyone starts doing it. And you get more off everyone doing a little bit of everything. Which means you get tighter games, but there's almost less tactical flexibility in what you do. Despite the fact the cards are more open to you. And that kind of sounds counterintuitive. But if you start going military, Sean, you're attacking both of us. So we all have to start going military. As opposed to, if someone's going military over there, I might not have to respond to it so much. If you start collecting science, I can't rely on a fourth or fifth player to stop you from getting them. I have to do something about it. And that has pros and cons, like I said. Three player might be a little bit too tight for it to be my favourite player count. I also think the luck of the draw can hit you really hard. If you draw out three great cards that you want and, and you almost need, you can only keep one of them. And if the other guys who are playing have got any sort of idea of what's going on, they can just take those cards and bury them from you. And it can attack you, especially in the third age. The one or two cards that are really going to be key to what you're trying to do, it's easier for them to get buried. So... Uh, I don't think three player is my favourite base seven wonders player count. I think I prefer four and five just for that slight loosening of it because seven wonders is supposed to be a quick fun game. But eight player team game is best. Move on. I think you'd get the two. <laughs> it's a sublime, it's awesome. Hey, the team seven wonders is fantastic. I, I did have my first attempt at playing it with with himself, myself and himself <laughs> teamed up for some game pit domination. <laughs> But I like the I like it being tight. I like the fact that you are constantly watching what everyone does because it absolutely matters to you. I don't like that something that I do doesn't affect half the table in it in a larger number game. But it's horses for courses. I my particular horse likes to run on that course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and it's definitely a really good choice as well. I probably didn't say that enough. I love Seven Wonders. Again, the reason it's not on my list is because I, I don't think it's best with three, but I can certainly see the argument for it. I think an interesting thing is that three-player is as close to Seven Wonders Duel 
as you'll get with normal Seven Wonders because of that tightness. Because if I take the card and there's only one copy of it, I know you can't get that card. It's nowhere near as tight and mean in your face as Jewel. But oh, I, I kind of like... We'll get to Jewel one day. <laughs> but <laughs> I like the fact mean, that, horrible game. <laughs> that it, you can kind of... Now they've made Seven Wonders Jewel, you can see the relationship between. Yes. Particularly, I think if you've only played Seven Wonders 6 or 7 player and you played Seven Wonders Jewel, you kind of go, whoa, I can see there's some link, but it's very different. I almost think, now that you brought it up, I almost think Jewel takes the aspects of that itself, the three-player Seven Wonder game, and just makes them a meaner. I think the three-player Seven Wonders itself, actually, it's, it's a kind of more slightly more forgiving. You've talked about how tight it is yeah. and how unforgiving it is, but it's a slightly more forgiving yeah. version of Jewels, which, again, I would make Seven me Wonders Jewel, man, it. that is a headache in a <laughs> care too much <laughs> right those are our top 10 three player games we hope the next time you've got three players at the table that has given you some ideas of games you might like to try Okay, there we go. Episode 59, our top 10 favourite three-player games. Thank you, Ronan. Thank you, Sean. And a big birthday thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you very much, everyone, for all your support over the three years. And here's to at least three months more happiness in gaming podcasting. Well, happiness is stretching it, Ronan. <laughs> Tolerance. Okay, so as always, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there for gaming podcasts of the highest calibre. We are also very proud members of 2d6.org. Go there for gaming goodness in a visual, audio and written format. If you want to email us, we're on thegamepitpodcast at gmail.com. We are the Board Game Geek Guild and we absolutely love to hear from people there. Lots of subjects popping up and we will always chime in with our thoughts. And League of Six is rubbish. And League of Six is rubbish. is fantastic. We are on Stitcher. You can download us on iTunes. We have a Twitter account at Game Pit Podcast, and we also have a Facebook page. So use any of those mediums to get in touch with us and interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Music. Bye.